From the Heritage Foundation, I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. By now, most of us know about Seattle's Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, also known as CHAZ and CHOP. In the wake of recent protests against police brutality, a self-styled alternative community has sprung up in Seattle. It happened after police withdrew to the edges of the city's Capitol Hill neighborhood in an attempt to de-escalate tensions with demonstrators. Activists have since occupied and assumed control over a six-block stretch of land. Early on, Seattle's mayor, Jenny Durkin, was content in letting the occupation of the property continue, even calling it the Summer of Love. I know there's the anacronym that it is now the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. I got news for people. It's been autonomous my whole lifetime. And anybody who knows and loves Capitol Hill knows that to be true. I want to make clear that for myself and for the city and for Chief Best, The First Amendment rights of residents must be protected and protesters must feel safe when they express their First Amendment rights. Over the past few days, we've had peaceful demonstrations across the city. Unfortunately, our president wants to tell a story about domestic terrorists who have a radical agenda and are promoting a conspiracy and fits his law and order initiatives. It's simply not true. Media outlets on the left painted the Autonomous Zone as a festival. And maybe parts of it did seem that way. I saw some coverage of dancing and even a Ben and Jerry's truck handing out free ice cream. But in the span of two weeks, things have dramatically changed. Here's Fox News' Martha McCallum. Right now, Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin announced a plan to send the police back in to the CHOP protest zone and to reclaim the East Precinct that she made them abandon two weeks ago. This after two shootings this weekend where one person was killed and another person was critically injured. Watch what she had to say. I am hopeful and confident that these organizations that we are in dialogue with and others will work to encourage individuals to leave voluntarily Mayor Durkin saying one reason for this decision, due to the complaints from residents and businesses in the area, she has taken back her statement about this being a summer of love in Seattle, and now she is going to send the police back into that precinct. That's going to be an interesting situation to watch develop. This week on Heritage Explains, our guest, Jarrett Stutman, a contributor to The Daily Signal and author of The War on History, The Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past, will help explain how Capitol Hill in Seattle got to this point, if communities like this could ever actually work, and what he thinks will happen next. We'll be right back with our conversation after this short break. Overwhelmed by the 24-7 news cycle? Looking for a way to keep up with the news that matters? The Daily Signal podcast brings you the top news of the day, plus interviews with lawmakers, authors, Heritage Foundation experts, and more on the most important policy debates in America today. If you're a conservative who wants to be on top of the news, check out the Daily Signal podcast, available every weekday morning. Okay, so self-styled alternative community, makeshift city, what would you call this? 
You know, it's interesting. The Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, which was the original moniker of this area of Seattle, which comprises about six blocks in the middle of downtown Seattle, has actually changed its name since then. It's called the the Capitol Hill Organized Protests. And, And I would say that I would define it as it is a kind of secession within the middle of the city. Now, of course, uh, there is some element of uh, law enforcement that still occasionally goes in, but for the people inside, they've mostly blocked off uh, these six blocks of the city with concrete barriers. With uh, They actually have what I consider almost like border control guards standing out front of just people who meander around and say that they're enforcing the border there around a Chaz or Chop. So it, it's difficult to actually define uh, Chaz, other than it, it's, it is uh, an autonomous zone within the city. It's a place where you have protesters, which started out as a protest of the uh, Seattle Police uh, East Precinct, uh, that kind of developed into a permanent state of protest, where you have people that are coming in and out, who are not leaving, who say that they are going to abolish the police and abolish uh, court systems, along with another a long set of demands. Uh, so it, it is, to a certain extent, operating independently of the city of Seattle. Okay, so some of our listeners have reached out and specifically let me know that they listen to us and they, they're not listening to the news. So I just want to go over again how this started. So the Seattle police, in essence, just vacated their headquarters and, and gave over that piece of land uh, that's right. And, and and that's what's uh, kind of incredible about this whole thing is that it's basically built on where the, the former police headquarters was. Uh, now, the police, of course, in the East Precinct are still operating, but mostly outside the zone now. And it was essentially given a uh, license uh, by the mayor, Jenny Durkin, uh, who's essentially accepted the fact that these protesters have decided that they're going to make their protest a permanent part uh, of the city of Seattle. Now, of course, how permanent that's going to be a week, two weeks, three weeks, and more from now, of course, that's that's uh, yet to be determined. But for now, it's basically set up as a fully autonomous zone within the, within the city of Seattle. I can't help but wonder how much of this has to do with some of the funky laws that already exist in Seattle. Like my husband was just telling me about this mutual combat law that they have, where people can literally fight each other legally. Like if a fight is about to happen, they can ask the cop who's called and, you know, he kind of plays referee over two people who are going to duke it out. And like, that's legal. Um, And I'm sure Seattle has some other funny things. Do you have any thoughts on Seattle's mayor and the way they go about their policies as, as to why this type of thing happened there? Well, I mean, Seattle, for most who know, is, is a very progressive city in this country. I would say it's one of the most progressive cities. In fact, some of these kind of sort of autonomous zones have actually happened a few times in their histories. It happened in the 80s. There were a number of these kind of uh, autonomous collectives that kind of started and stopped within the city. They've had a lot of labor unrest over the past really century and the early 20th century, there was actually large battles between uh, the so-called lobbies, uh, who were kind of socialist Marxist groups or really radical uh, labor union groups who fought with and battled with police. So there's a long history of, I think, 
left-wing protests in the city, and of course the Chaz or Chop or the Capitol Hill Autonomous or whatever you want to call it, is kind of the latest iteration of that that kind of flowed from, of course, the initial George Floyd protests, but now has kind of it's really mushroomed into something bigger, at least the way they see it. They think that they're setting up uh, some kind of autonomous community that's somehow going to purge uh, the sins of American life and somehow create some kind of, I mean, the way that many of them speak, some kind of uh, utopia there in the middle of Seattle. So the people who are there, is it, there are people living there, there's tents. Can you just go and hang out? You can't actually walk in there. Of course, as I said, they have a sort of border enforcement, although they're mostly letting uh, regular citizens walk in and out. They're still businesses more or less operating inside. Uh, they're not too keen on letting in any kind of uh, civil personnel. Pol obviously, police has been a huge issue. There have been huge issues primarily with uh, bringing in uh, ambulances and medical services and the police to deal with some of the issues that they've had inside. They've had a variety uh, of assaults. Uh, there was an attempted arson that took place uh, on over Father's Day weekend. There were actually uh, several shootings, uh, one in which the police, uh, and there's plenty of body cam footage uh, showing the police were actually stopped up from, from going to the shooting. And, and the result of it was uh, one man died uh, in the shooting because the police were really unable to get to the scene quickly because they were surrounded uh, by protesters who were yelling at them, screaming at them, preventing them from moving and unfortunately, it led to it led to tragedy. So, if you are a regular citizen, you you might be able to just to walk inside and walk around. But you go in there knowing that if there is trouble, and if you do get into some kind of physical altercation or somebody attacks you, there may not be a police officer ready to come and help you right away. Are there small businesses still operating there? Uh, there are small businesses still operating there. Of course, you can only imagine what many of them are dealing with, given that so many have already been under lockdown for so long because of the shutdowns over the coronavirus, opening up to essentially their streets in anarchy. Now, given some of the protesters go to these shops, but at the same time, they have no guarantee of the protection of private property, of a protection of 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 their their rights of private property there, and there have been vandalizations. There has been, uh, there has been some some looting that's gone on inside. And of course, if you you have to imagine, if you are somebody who either owns a business there or wants to start a business there, that's hardly an inducement uh, for the future. And there's hardly uh, uh, it, hardly they would think that you know that the local authorities are going to protect them going in the future when something like this is allowed to continue carrying on for as long as it has. Okay, so NBC has reported that people are actually bringing their children there as a part of a civics lesson on how democracy works. As a parent, I'm not really sure how I feel about that, but because it's interesting to understand how this is possible, but can you give us a little bit of a civics history lesson and explain to me and to those who might not understand why or if they are actually allowed to do this? Well, if if you are a parent bringing yourself in, again, there are parts of this protest uh, that have been has been organized there that is peaceful, but you're taking a chance because you don't have that guarantee to protection of life and property. It's interesting that they say this, this is a civics lesson in democracy, but if you understand uh, about the, the worst excesses of democracy and how our 
free system of government was created that includes elements of democracy, but is not a pure democracy, that is essential for a free system of government to have those those guarantees of protection uh, from the authorities uh, of life and property uh, and have a, a system, both a, a, a system of, in, in this case, police uh, and a court system that can allow for if the, there are cases in which your, your life and property are, are violated, you have a legal process uh, with which to get justice. But one of the demands of these protesters is to abolish courts. How is one to get justice in a system like that without any courts? And of course, ultimately, the appeal uh, ends up with whoever's strongest. And uh, I think we've seen that as, as different activists and individuals within the zone. Uh, one has self-described himself as the warlord of the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And frankly, you know, if you do, if you are threatened, you have very little to appeal to. I mean, that's not a system of free government of the, of the rule of law. And that's not how you create uh, a, a real liberty. Uh, yes, you're free from, you know, all the bounds and restrictions of civilized life, but you don't have those protections to go along with them. That's why the United States uh, is such a prosperous uh, and successful society because it combines those things. You have a free system of government where the people rule, but you also have those protections of a, of a court system. Of uh, you, you'll have a police that can show up when when you, you when you are being attacked or when there is a, a conflict to resolve. You know we have a voting process, a, a regularized voting process, which they also don't have in this zone. It, it really resembles more of a disorganized mob than what you think is uh, ordered liberty, which I think is ultimately right. what the best systems have been built on. So it's not legal. And essentially, like, I guess to try and explain what they're doing is they're they're holding the land and the essentially the small businesses there are being held hostage. They are. I mean, they, there's really no, and there's also residential areas in there too. I mean, that's, that's the thing is that, you know, they don't really have a choice. And the mayor has called this, uh, she even used the the phrase the summer of love there in Seattle, uh, which she's walked back a little bit, especially after the violence uh, that has taken place uh, in this zone. I, she's had to walk that back a little bit because it, it seems very Pollyannish. I mean, when you have a, a system, yes, a lot of the people in there are not doing anything violent. They are just, you know, kind of at like an almost street festival. But there is an anarchic element there and a very dangerous one, especially you know, if you are vulnerable. And and I think that's what makes this thing a very bad situation and why it's so reckless for local authorities to continue and just watch as this thing unfolds is, yes, things may start out peacefully, but what are they going to be like week after week as this thing goes along? And how are they going to reassert the authority of the city? What is that going to look like after this has been going on for so long? I don't know. And I, I, I'm afraid it's going to be quite ugly. Yeah, it's interesting because I know the mayor has been communicating with the leader of this movement and and the business owners. And it's interesting to me, like you said, like what she thinks is actually going to happen next. And especially because um, we're hearing that they want to decolonize. They have a spot called the Decolonization Conversation Cafe. I mean, what do they what do they really want then? They want this spot forever and like to just separate from the United States? They do, and they've they've created some things that I think uh, I mean may seem perplexing. I mean, they've created, I mean, really even segregated zones within this community where uh, if you are you can only go into if you're black and and others are for for the white citizens there. It sounds an awful lot to me like segregation, which of course is uh, illegal in this country. Uh, they've set up these kind of systems where they've kind of created this weird 
social hierarchy of those who have been oppressed uh, at the top and those who are the oppressors at the bottom must ask for atonement. Uh, again, you know, none of this, you know, is based on any kind of uh, legal system. There's no regularized laws. There's no real voting except for people shouting in the streets. Uh, so, you know, this is uh, just kind of a, an anarchic commune uh, where, I mean, there are people of variety of motivations who have, have joined this thing. I'm sure some, you know, just see this as a, as a, as a fun way to spend the summer and others have, you know, other very uh, different motivations. Uh, so, it, frankly, it, it's incredible to see this develop right smack in the middle of an American city. Uh, this is not just some commune in, in a rural part of the country where they're kind of separate from society. This is right in the middle of a, a downtown part of one of America's biggest cities. In conclusion to our conversation, theoretically and historically, could this work out for them? Well, I, I can't say I, I have much faith. I think a lot of it's based on a, a total misunderstanding uh, of human nature. I think that the differences between what this they're creating in this autonomous zone and, and America's constitutional system are, are vast. And I think that because nature abhors a vacuum uh, in something like this autonomous zone where there really is no rule of law, that's filled with often nefarious characters. People will, will grab on to those who are strong. I mean, that's our system is meant to protect uh, the weak from the strong so that we're better uh, as a whole. This system uh, is one of anarchy in which anarchy and tyranny often go together hand in hand. It begins with anarchy and ends in tyranny. And either this zone is going to disperse because people get bored or they lose interest, uh, or it's going to end up in something much uglier. It's going to end up in maybe confrontations with local authorities. It's going to end up with even higher rates of murders and, and violence and, and looting and robberies. Uh, it's hard to say what the final result is, but it's certainly, I don't think, going to be uh, this incredible utopia where there's there's no more prejudice, where there are no more crimes, where there's no more violence, when there are no more of these things that they say uh, they want to do away with. Uh, I think there's very little chance that that's ever going to happen, something like what they've created. Thank you so much for your time and your commentary and reporting on this, Jared. Thank you very much. And that wraps up another episode of Heritage Explains. I'll link to Jared's op-ed on this issue and his book in our show notes. Also, did you know that you can choose a topic for one of our experts to explain on an episode? Just leave us a rating and comment with what topic you want to hear about on Apple Podcasts by July 4th, and we'll pick one. As always, I hope you are all well. It's a crazy world out there right now. I'm really looking forward to the 4th of July holiday so we can all share the love we have for this country despite these difficult times. Tim's up next week. We'll see you then. Heritage Explains is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is produced by Michelle Cordero and Tim Desher with editing by John Pop.